Summer before last, I missed the Barton family reunion. The reason I missed it was that a generation younger than I, my second cousin, was leading the family reunion, and the only way she communicated about it was through Facebook. And I was not one of her Facebook friends. Anybody here on Facebook? Anybody at all? Yes. <laughs> I looked it up. 1.44 billion people in the world are on Facebook, this uh, social networking site that uh, Mark, was it Zuckerberg? He's made millions, billions of dollars off of. And uh, anyhow, my, my second cousin hadn't friended me, hadn't put in a request. You, this is what you do. You put in a request of somebody to friend you. And uh, it, there are levels of friendship. You have work friends, closest friends, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, but I miss the Barton family reunion because I was not her friend on Facebook. You can friend me. Could you? Could please somebody friend me? <laughs> okay. So up here, uh, you see my Facebook page here. Uh, strange concept uh, has come about with Facebook to unfriend someone, ooh, I just, that, I just don't like that. You know, like, how do you unfriend somebody? Uh, it wasn't like this growing up for, for me. I, so it, I, memories came rushing over me this past week because I was filling out one of those um, online computer uh, security question kind of thing. I know y'all never done this about what is your mother's maiden name, and you're, you're right? So one of the questions on there that I got to choose was, what is the name of your childhood best friend? If you want to break into my accounts, it's Marty, okay? It's spelled M-A-R-T-Y. So if you go in there and you get on my accounts, Marty, okay? So I knew Marty was my friend because he would ask me over to spend the night at his house, and I'd ask him over to spend the night at our house. And uh, we played Army together, you know, and we were in Boy Scouts together, and we played football together, and... And that's how we knew that, that we were friends. You have friends, hopefully, yeah. Yeah. This is a great concept. I love what Jesus says in this passage. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Boy, what a gift. I, I, when I preach, I'm all about relationships. In this world, there's just too much loneliness. Can I get an amen? I mean, just too much. I mean, we, we, we need one another. We, we need friends. We can't do this thing called life by ourselves alone. I think church is a great place to make some friends. Um, we had some practice doing that a, a couple of weeks ago. Some of us went on this all-church spring retreat. And we have a little video now that I want to show you. Jonathan's put together back here, and you're going to love this video. So let's see what it means to to be friends here, okay? <clears throat> we are Mark and Courtney Frazier. We have um, three children. We've been uh, attending the church for about five years now, the entire time we've been in Austin, and we love it. 
The All Church Retreat was something we looked forward to as a family. Our children looked forward to this, I mean, for a month. Finally, when it was here, they were so excited. Miller Ranch was beautiful. The drive there was even, was, was beautiful as well, crossing over the river and just driving into the hill country. You know, where we were staying and where the church retreat was primarily was at the top of a, of, of a big hill with a beautiful overlook, um, overlooking the river and, and the hill country. Just a beautiful view and a wonderful place to spend the weekend. The accommodations were perfect for our family. One of the things we were most excited about at the All Church Retreat was really getting to know people better, people in the church that we may have met in passing but didn't really, haven't really had a chance to get to know very well. Um, so this provided that opportunity for us. It was nice getting to know people outside of church in that environment, and it was great for our kids to be with the other children and to get to know them and to do um, all these activities together as a family. We arrived Friday afternoon, um, had dinner that evening, and then um, our kids were really excited about the campfire and s'mores that night. Singing songs around the campfire and just enjoying some you know, fellowship time was really a lot of fun. Saturday morning there were some sessions um, with the entire family, a chance to get to know some people better at the church and have the whole family involved. I just think what was so special about that first morning session was that we were with our children and all ages from the church. Um, so we got to see what our children were going to say and then what maybe some of the older generations would say. Free time all afternoon with the family and there were really a lot of, uh, lot of activities to, that were available to us at Mill Ranch. Just about anything you can think of or want to do um, out, outdoors and in the hill country. We went swimming in the pool, there's swimming in, in the river, canoeing, um, there's a ropes course that a lot of people um, had fun on. <laughs> and then we came together again for, for dinner and for another session. The day ended up with a, with a nighttime movie underneath the stars, which was, which was a lot of fun. Sunday morning after breakfast, uh, everyone got together for a worship service that was led by Pastor Lynn, and it was really a neat experience to have that outside with everyone and, and worship God in His creation uh, before we head home. The highlight for us was seeing the kids in that environment and them having so much fun with everybody. It was really a great weekend. We walked away with, I mean, smiles on our face and joy in our hearts. I hope that it becomes a tradition and, you know, we can do this at least annually with the church and, and in the future have more people come so we have an opportunity to, to get to know more people. Pretty great, huh? Huh? Yeah? <laughs> Public service announcement. We're already planning next year's All Church Spring Retreat. Yes? Yeah? So, block that out on your calendar. We hope this same weekend, the last weekend in April, and we hope at Mo Ranch. We're still negotiating, but uh, we met this past week, had a lot of positive feedback for that. And if you'd like this intergenerational kind of learning and growing in faith together, being friends together, we're going to have Sunday school this summer, an option called Surprising Summer Sundays, starting the first Sunday in June and going through the middle of August, 11 Sundays there. End of public service announcements. Okay, so church, what a great place to make some friends.
friends in Christ, a way to share love, to continue love on down the generations. Can, can, moms, can moms be friends, do you think? Is it Mother's Day? I think it's today, right? So can moms be friends? So, yeah. There, I was visiting with a young woman not too long ago, and I had performed the funeral for her mom. So kind of doing aftercare, following up with her. And as we were visiting, she kept uh, rubbing this uh, charm on her necklace. Uh, she just kept touching that. And I said, that seems to be real important to you. Can you tell me about that? And she said, my mother gave this to me. And she took it off and she handed it to me. And on the charm it said, yesterday your little girl, today your best friend, forever your daughter, forever. I realize that uh, some of you are grieving today because your mom has died. And on this Mother's Day, you may be feeling that loss in a particular way. And I, I pray that Jesus Christ will wrap his arms around you and bring you comfort and that his love will sustain you through this day. Moms can be good friends and um, it hurts when we, when we lose them. Thankfully, my mom's still alive. Uh, she turned 89 on Friday. <laughs> Did you see the, in the, the blue prayer insert, it had Mary Barton there, and she turned 89 on Friday. So every Saturday at 3 o'clock, I call my mom. We do a check-in together. It's just something we've, we've uh, come to depend on. And a little funny moment here. My, I have a clarity sanity question with her every week. And mom, I, I say, Mom, uh, how many cats do you have? because I don't want her to become that woman. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> cat lady? So, and my mom's response is, uh, indoor or outdoor? <laughs> total cats, mom, total cats. <laughs> and she'll give me a number. I said, okay, that's all right. You're still saying, okay, way to go, mom. So very, very glad to have my mom on this, this Mother's Day. Um, I was thinking about moms and the loss of moms in my church in San Saba. I uh, had a church member named Sam, and his mom was named Hazel. Hazel was not a member of my congregation. She was a Presbyterian. But in San Saba at that time, the Presbyterians didn't have an ongoing pastor. They had pulpit supply from the seminary here in Austin. Somebody would come out and lead services on Sunday. So when Hazel died, Sam said, would you do my mom's? service. I said, yes, of course. I'll never forget, it was a, a graveside service. That was the way Hazel wanted it. And uh, I'd, I'd gotten to know Hazel in my years out there and, and heard stories about Hazel. And this is what I said at, at her graveside service. I said, Hazel always carried a dish towel in her purse. Because Hazel said that with a dish towel, you can mop up something, a spill, or you can staunch a wound, <laughs> makes a great tourniquet, <laughs> right? Um, in the heat of the sun, you can make a, a, a hat out of it, right? I can't do that very well, but huh? you can make a hat out of it, uh, a broken limb, you can make a, a sling out of it. And, and that was Hazel. She was known by this uh, dish towel. 
Because uh, this is what moms do. They show love in this way. In, in the passage, Jesus says, uh, greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. And to lay down one's life doesn't necessarily mean you have to die. Sometimes it means you just give up your agenda, <laughs> your schedule, your, your desires, your control, because you're a mom. Am I right? Am I right? And this is how you show love. This is how you become a friend. The theme of love is behind all of the friendship. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And you are to love one another as, as I have loved you. The, the theme of love is carried down generation to generation, a lot of times through moms and a lot of times through our other friendships. Jesus said, uh, you did not choose me, I chose you. Believe it or not, I actually study for these messages. I go places, I read books, I go to websites. Smile, people, just a little bit. Okay, so uh, this past week, uh, one of these websites led me to The Wonder Years, a TV show that was on. Anybody see that show, The Wonder Years? I, I, had, I had never watched that show in my life, The Wonder Years. Um, it was about the 1970s, this little boy named Kevin who's growing up. And uh, one of the primary relationships is with his best friend named Paul. So in season two, episode nine, the, the episode is called Losiers. Losiers, not Hoosiers. But it was all about basketball. The, the episode opens up with uh, Kevin and Paul playing in his driveway. And, and Paul's just dribbling, 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 dribbling. And finally he takes a shot. And it's, it's this funky uh, hook shot that goes... And it doesn't hit the basketball rim. It doesn't hit the backboard. It doesn't hit the garage. It goes way over and it breaks a window. <laughs> Paul is not very good at basketball. Some other scenes later in the show, Paul and Kevin are in gym class. But the coach said, this is not gym. This is physical education. I'm going to make you boys into men. Some of you have been there, right? <laughs> And he's going to teach him basketball. So he picks the four best players out of the group, and he makes them team captains. And then he has them choose their teammates. Anybody experience this? What it's like, that gut-wrenching, where am I going to go? Am I going to be in the high rounds or the middle rounds or the, the last rounds? And, and Kevin's going, oh, please, oh, please, please. He gets in the middle rounds. But people know about his friend Paul. There are two boys left, another boy and Paul. Kevin goes up to his team captain and goes, choose Paul, choose Paul, don't make him be last. The team captain goes, okay, Pfeiffer, come on, on my team. They are pitted against another team, and Paul is awful. He is just terrible at basketball. They pass the ball to him, and someone steals it out of his hand. He'll pass the ball, and he'll pass it to the other team. He does his funky shot and misses everything. It's just awful. Several weeks of this go by, and Kevin goes into Coach's office. He goes, Coach, what you're doing is not fair. And Coach goes back to him, Fair? Is that what you want, Kevin? Fair? The next class period in physical education, Coach says, 
Okay, here are today's team captains. Kevin. Oh, no. Now there's all those boys lined up, these three other team captains. Comes the moment. Who is he going to choose for his team? He knows how bad Paul is. First choice. Pfeiffer, with me. He chooses the worst player. The second round comes. He chooses another lousy player. In fact, he fills his team with all of the rejects, all of the losers. And they are pitted against these other teams. They get on the basketball court, and they are awful. <laughs> it's like Paul to the, you know, 10th power. <laughs> it's just awful. They can't do anything right. Kevin gets so frustrated, he brings him over to the sideline. He calls timeout. He, he gets and goes, what is wrong with you guys? You're, 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 you're giving the game away. It's just terribly gives them this pep talk. They go out and they play worse than ever. It's just, oh, you're getting slaughtered out there. Finally, though, they pass the ball to Paul. They have been avoiding him. <laughs> they pass the ball to Paul, and he tries his funky hook shot. And it goes up, and of course, it misses the rim, and it misses the backboard, and it keeps going, and it goes right on top of Coach's head, <laughs> <laughs> who has been eating jelly beans. <laughs> He staggers off the court, and this is what happened. All of the boys fall down laughing. <laughs> From that moment on, the team plays no better, but they have fun. They finally score a basket, <laughs> too. But they found out what is the meaning of life, that it's about fun, it's about standing by your friends. Jesus said, you did not choose me, I chose you. Have you ever thought about it? Why those early disciples? Why that group of 12? Surely he could have done better than those losers, couldn't he? I mean, why didn't he pick the Pharisees, some people from the Pharisees? They, they fasted twice a week. They tithed. They gave 10%. They studied the scriptures. They were wise. You know, they were smart people. Why didn't he do the Sadducees? They were in charge of the temple worship. They knew all about leading worship and, and carrying on the traditions of the faith. Who does he pick? Fishermen? Yeah. A tax collector? A zealot who wants to overthrow the Roman government? Why did he choose them? Why did he choose you? It simply is. He says, you're my friends. You get nothing else from this message today. Take this home. Jesus says about you, you are the ones I love. <laughs> You're my friends. Can, can you say that silently? I'm the one Jesus loves. <laughs> It's true. See, it's not the job you do. It's not your role in the family. It's not your role here at church. It's not any of those other identities that matters. It's what Jesus says about you. I'm the one Jesus loves. Now, 
What difference would that make in your life if that were true, if you believed that were true? I'm the one that Jesus loves. How would you act differently? What if it's true that those other people around you are the ones that Jesus loves? His friends also. You know, those people on Luke 360, you know the ones I'm talking about? What if <laughs> you're the one Jesus loves <laughs> instead of what else you say, okay? <laughs> you know that person in your office? You know that person in your family? You're the one Jesus loves. You're his friend. Could, could, could you turn to a neighbor right now and just say, you're the one Jesus loves? Stephen, you're the one Jesus loves. Yeah. You are too. Jesus said, you did not choose me, I chose you. I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. It's true what that hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> it's also true, what a Jesus we have in a friend. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.